0: Pop Culture Footnotes, the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. I'm Andrew. And we are here this week to talk about the Emmys. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be going over some of the top nominees for uh, Best Drama, Best Comedy, Best Limited Series. i um, kind of filling you in on, on what those shows are. And uh, yeah, but before we get to that, We wanted to do something a little different this week, so instead of doing our Media of the Week segment, or filling you in about some news, we are going to talk about, um, yeah, so it is, (laughs) it it is the end of August, summer is wrapping up, so we wanted to talk about what won the summer. So, Shannon, what won the summer? (laughs) Um, yeah, just as as a a way to recap
1: all the things. So, I have some nominees, because I don't think I can decide, but... Here's some I'm going to throw out there. Um, Avengers: Endgame, which one, which made all the money, at least all in the terms money. of like monetarily, definitely won this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, top movie box office domestically, globally, finally beat Avatar. Which thank, thank the Lord goodness. something beat Avatar. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, this <laughs> is probably the winner just on that fact alone. Yeah. Um, we have. Well, I'll let Andrew mention this other one. I'm gonna try to that I don't know no one else will mention. Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, I, like we all know, I love Taylor
0: Swift. So late entry, though. Yeah, that's we... a real
2: late entry. That's my yeah. that's that's my thing about it. Is she got in there right like at the end of August? It and, is a
0: yeah. good album, though. Sure. Although before
1: then, she did have singles and two music videos that were pretty big. That's um, true. Especially "Need to Calm Down," which. Had like a million celebrity cameos in it. Um, That's true. Her album within like a week of release was already the top selling album of 2019, mostly because no one buys albums anymore, (laughs) and the way she structured her Target exclusive editions this year, you had to buy four to get all of the content you wanted, and so there are a lot of Taylor Swift fans who bought all four albums, which is kind of crazy. I did not. <laughs> I bought two <laughs> and called it good. But anyway, um, yeah, so up there, at least for just being part of the culture. And then I'm also going to throw out Jonas Brothers. Uh-huh. Um, and this might be, I might have a personal bias because I loved the Jonas Brothers um, in high school. They were the only boy band, um, I think, because I... Grew up on country music, I've said before. So this is... They were the first boy band that I really followed and really loved. Um, And so they just made a huge comeback um, between that and then Joe Jonas marrying Sophie Turner Mm. in two weddings. One in Vegas that was recorded by Diplo and then one in France. Um, They were just kind of all over the place um, all summer and you kept hearing about them. So those are some of my nominations. Yeah,
2: mine are Keanu Reeves and Sophie Turner. Those are my two that I think won Keanu obviously was, uh, John Wick 3 came out and he was all over the place, he uh, was on the stage at E3 introducing Cyberpunk 2077, which apparently he's going to be in, Uh, he was in Always Be My Maybe as himself, Mm -hmm. and it was, he was in Toy Story 4, he was in Toy Story 4, he finished filming uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Mm -hmm. uh, which comes out next year, Um, just announced
1: a Matrix 4, just announced a Matrix 4
2: (laughs) with him and Carrie Ann Moss coming back. Um, <clears throat> he was just kind of all over the place. Um, my
1: song of the summer, personally, is I Punched Keanu Reeves. The voice be my baby,
2: <laughs> the end credits
0: song. Nice. Yes. Love it. Uh, so his good. his
2: performance in Always Be My Maybe Alone might be enough to clinch it for him. It's it so is good. amazing. So
0: good. Um, I have a nominee, and this is a controversial one. Is
2: it controversy? Because that was no. all over the place.
0: Um, I was going to say the live action remake of Aladdin. <laughs> Because yeah, <laughs> it, it was, was so, so much villain. better
1: than I thought it was going to be. It was be.
0: way better than everyone thought it was going to be. And honestly, when you look at all of the di- different like Disney live-action remakes, it is arguably one of the better ones. So It certainly ended yes. up topping The Lion King, which everyone thought was going to be a huge it was, blockbuster. It was definitely...
2: Well, I mean, it still wasn't made up It still made dollars. more money than Aladdin, but, um, yeah, <clears> yeah, critically. I, <clears throat> I, and I, I will say that I, th- I think objectively the winner of the summer and for many years to come, is Disney. Disney. <laughs> yes. Um yes. Spider-Man leaving aside, uh, Disney has five different billion dollar movies uh, that have come out, and that's before Frozen 2 and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of won, and not just the summer, but they just won. <laughs> like, we yeah. just need to give up at this point. They They just won. So... <laughs> They won capitalism, I guess. Is that something you could win? <laughs> I, I guess. Monopoly. Um, so, <laughs> that's why I wanted to go with Keanu Reeves and Sophie Turner. Because even though Keanu Reeves was involved in the Disney property, mm-hmm. it felt... His participation in Toy Story 4 was amazing. Um, <laughs> hearing him as Duke Kaboom was top-notch. Uh, Low-key, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. So,
1: Cool. Also, John Wick ended up number six on the summer box office, it, which it, is kind of crazy for rated R. It was like, also it was
2: also the first movie that knocked Avengers out of the out of the number one spot. Yeah. So Avengers, I mean something was going to. I mean something I was like going to, but it was to... but it was but that's the thing is it came out it like 3 weeks after bit. Avengers did. So yeah. Avengers had number 1 for 3 straight weeks and then got knocked down by John Wick. Yeah. So even though it wound up making more money it was like John Wick beat the Avengers and all this kind of stuff. So Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But the, t- <laughs> the top 5 for all Disney and they're all over 300 million dollars. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, we also have to mention little not sex because Courtney heard
0: old Town Road for the first time this oh morning, morning and hates it. <laughs> I hate it. I, I- I have only heard it the one time and it's so recent that at this point I can't even tell you why I hate it. I just know that I hate.
2: We it. also listen to the remix. So oh,
0: it was the remix. Why are you playing me the remix? Because it was the, was the one that was it was the one that
2: was streamed more on Spotify. Does,
0: but the one, but with Billy
1: Ray Cyrus. Yes,
2: that's the one. Yeah,
1: that's the one everyone knows anyway, yes. isn't it? There are like mm-hmm. a million remixes of
2: it. There is one with uh with one of the kids from BTS that I wanted to play, but Corny made me turn it off. So. <laughs>
0: I'm just like oh wait. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe it was Billy Ray Cyrus that I hated more than anything else.
2: No, you hated the whole thing start to finish.
0: That's true, but... I don't know. I really you do. I Billy Ray Cyrus... Billy around. Ray Cyrus was a big reason why. I don't even know the Cool. Do we want to... Until it? I can't. But it's been... It's been
2: an... Exi- but that song has been around the entire summer. Like... Yeah. I remember seeing someone... Doing a pair it was. I think it may have been the ringer did a parody where it was the night king singing Old Town Road, but it was going to Winterfell and stuff like that. So I mean, we're talking back in like April. This song has already like, dominated everything.
0: So yeah. Although I think Old Town oh, Road was recently bumped out by something.
1: Senorita. Senorita. Oh well, Spotify said that was their like number one streamed thing of this summer, and I um, love me yeah. some Shawn Mendes, and I saw him live. It oh really?
2: That that was streamed more than that's uh, what i heard oh interesting well there you go Which maybe it's Shawn i don't like
1: that one from him as much as i like if i can't have you but mm. i will
2: say my sean mendez won a new fan of my mom this summer she saw him and thought he was just the most adorable thing she'd ever seen
0: so oh, it I was billy eilish billy eilish knocked old oh. uh, town right out of the number um, one spot on billy eilish also rocks
2: every yeah. time i see billy eilish's name written down i think they're talking about billy eichner though i can't it's just <laughs>
0: Have you, do you okay, not, here's somebody else. That Billy Eichner might arguably be uh, the person who won the summer.
2: So, I love Bless Billy Eichner. Him. I really do. And I'm so happy that he's enjoying his Oscar buzz. Watching him enjoy his Oscar buzz on Twitter is... Does he
0: have Oscar, Oscar that's my, buzz? Well,
2: that's my thing is like... you he can't, doesn't
1: really have Oscar buzz? I'm sorry. I think he's talking
2: <laughs> about Oscar buzz because someone was like... Maybe he deserves an Oscar. I mean, he's taking that as Oscar buzz and he's like turning that into a bit, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's um,
1: funny, but but it's yeah, not true.
2: <laughs> but he is but he is nominated yeah. for Emmys. He's nom- Billy on the Street got nominated um, yeah. for a web series and stuff like that. So. Yeah um
0: well and in the wake of lion king like lion king didn't get a lot of great reviews but billy eichner and lion king did got all the good got all the good reviews everybody was
2: talking about his singing voice and all this kind of stuff yeah
0: and in like the the fallout from that i feel like he's been a much more present like person and yeah i don't know so (laughs) yay billy eichner i love you yeah um, do we want to pick a winner of the summer?
2: <laughs> Those are, they're all winners. They're all winners. Except yeah. for us. Good
0: job, everybody. We, <laughs> I mean, Disney, I feel like taking Reeves. over everything, so. Keanu Reeves
1: kind of covers the gamut. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. Think it, I think it was Keanu. Video games but...
2: and movies and... It, I, I, I was watching Disney the Microsoft conference when he came out, because like, I was watching the Microsoft conference at E3, I was sitting on the couch, and they showed some gameplay from Cyberpunk 2077. And it was really cool. And then suddenly, he shows up in game, and I'm just like, "Holy crap, is that Keanu Reeves?" And then the gameplay stopped, and this the the lights went on the stage, and it backlit Keanu Reeves, and I just went, "Is he there?" And then he comes walking out. I was like, "Ah, it's Keanu!" And then someone in the audience, or he um he goes, "This game is breathtaking," and someone in the audience yells, "You're breathtaking!" and, Keanu. and and, breathtaking. and then so then microsoft found out who that guy was and gave that guy an xbox
1: um. <laughs> <sighs> uh, i need to shout at, at uh,
0: panels more often See, that's the
2: problem that's, I love
0: celebrities. that's
2: the problem it encourages people to do that because i that <laughs> got an xbox for yelling you're breathtaking i reads, think or,
0: at the same convention like people started doing that and yeah got like out of they control, got out of control
2: so. yeah but yeah, yeah seeing him on <laughs> but seeing him show up was just like
0: <gasps> so yeah
2: I, I think it's cute for right. me personally
0: yeah well cool so let's talk about some Emmys um, so before hey, we get into nom- hey. nominees do we want to talk at all about like how the Emmys works we kind of did that on our episode last year yeah
1: check that out yeah. um, <laughs> I will say um, so, the Emmys is scheduled for Sunday, September 22nd, if you want to tune in and watch. Um, the biggest thing that's confusing about the Emmys, so I'll just say this again, is that like the timing of it, when shows are eligible, is always super confusing, especially now that we have a lot of streaming shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the awards this year, are, so it's honoring shows from June 1st, 2018 to May 31st, 2019, Um, so there are a lot of things on here that I don't know would have, (laughs) um, for example, I think Glow made it in. Glow's a show I really love, but always airs on Netflix during the summer. And so even though we get a season three that's already out now. Uh, The Emmys are for season two, so you have to... It's... A lot of the Netflix shows, it's, like, back a season. Um, So that gets really confusing. There is some weird rule about, like, hanging episodes, so... um, I think Handmaid's Tale is one that falls into this, where... um, If you start airing some of your episodes before um, May 31st, then... If it's the majority of them, it can count the whole season. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so... That's all very confusing. (laughs) Um, There's also... um, Because there's so much TV and the people voting can't possibly watch every season of everything, I think kind of the way they do it is that for... Series nominations, I believe it's five episodes that you're allowed to submit and people have to watch those and judge the entire season based on those episodes mm-hmm. and then for acting um, it's one episode that you submit to get your acting nomination um, so You can, even on Wikipedia, it has all the episodes that they submitted and were nominated for, so that's kind of something that's interesting to look at if you care about any of this, which I do. Um, But for example, like, Ted Danson is nominated for The Good Place and submitted the episode The Worst Possible Use of Free Will, Um, so you could go back and kind of see big moments. I'm sure people usually pick their, like, flashiest moments um, to nominate, so... So, yeah. I, have, I have a quick question.
0: <clears throat> yes. So, Fleabag is one of the shows that's nominated, right? Yes. And that was Yay. originally a BBC show. It was... Yes. And then it came out <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there are two seasons. Mm-hmm. So, are the Emmys only for American TV? And if so, does that mean that both <clears throat> seasons of Fleabag are nominated as opposed to one? So, I
1: believe... The, this nomination is for season two, okay. because season one aired quite a ways back. I gotcha. think it was nominated for some smaller awards at the time, like writing awards, oh, Okay, because um, people really like season one and two. It just wasn't as splashy as season two. Sure. Um, I Maybe I'm totally mistaken, but I, what I'm assuming happened is that it's whenever the american distribution of it was that's when it's eligible and it has to be distributed here so british tv i mean we'll talk about down abbey next week (laughs) (laughs) but um downton abbey's a british show but it took a whole lot of emmy nominations um and that's because it pbs ran it and bbc or was it BBC that was airing it? Now I'm not mm-hmm. going to remember, but um, Down Abbey usually aired in the U.K. first, mm-hmm. um, and then in BBC, or um, sorry, PBS mm-hmm. a little bit after, so okay, gotcha. anyway, the nominations would be for whatever season it ran in the U.S., so gotcha. with Fleabag, I think that's the same case, where it was airing in the U.K. first, but since it's more recent on Amazon Prime, that's why it's eligible now. That makes sense.
0: Cool. Yep. Alright. Sweet. Convoluted
1: explanation. <laughs> <laughs> sweet.
0: But, um anything else we want to talk about as far as like rules or anything before we get started?
1: I think that's the basics of it. Sweet. Um go
0: listen to last year's Emmy episode, at least the
1: beginning of it. Um I'll say again because it's always true that the Emmys have this year is actually kind of um an exception in some ways, but They have a hard time getting past nominating the same shows every time, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's amazing when we look at these nominations how many newer things kind of snuck
0: into it, so keep that in mind. (laughs) Sweet. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, let's get started. So we're going to go through uh, the nominees for Drama, um, Comedy, and Limited Series. Um, So let's get started with Drama. So Shannon, tell us about Succession. Yeah. Um, should we read them all first? Sure. So people have the whole list. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so for Extending Drama Series, we have Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, <coughs> Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, and This Is Us. Um, so I'll be talking about Succession, which is on mm-hmm. HBO. Um, doing this episode last year was a really good opportunity for me to like watch, it, w- have an excuse to watch some things I had never seen and like, kept making excuses not to watch because there's way too much TV. Um, This year, Succession is the one I decided I'm going to jump in and watch all of this. Sounds interesting, and I'm so glad I did. This is, like, a huge surprise. Um, Yeah, so Succession um, is on HBO. It's about the Roy family. Um, So they're... It's this media, like, conglomerate empire. (laughs) Um, I can't remember the name of it, but um, they own like a bunch of news and entertainment, media. Um, and the whole thing is about, so you have the head of the family, Logan Roy. Um, in the first episode, we kind of find out that he's starting to get older, and it's just kind of assumed <coughs> by the whole company and by his children that Kendall Roy, um, his not his eldest son, I think he's the second, Um son is kind of posed to take over for logan and in the first episode he's supposed to step down um but logan roy kind of decides at the last second nah i think i'm gonna stay at the head of this company for at least like five ten more years um much to the chagrin of kendall who you know expected to kind of get to take over and not be in his father's shadow um And it just kind of goes on from there that it's then, now that it kind of seems like Logan has said, well, I'm not thrilled about Kendall taking over, this kind of opens the opportunity for all the children to sort of step in and say, no, I want to lead the company or I want to be COO or, um, so yeah, it, it just gets out of control from there, all of them kind of fighting to take over this company. It's really cutthroat. Um, I loved it. (laughs) Um... Kieran Culkin, um, plays, um, oh dear, what's his character's name? Um, (laughs) one of the sons, Roman Roy. Um, he's my favorite (laughs) because he just has these (laughs) one-liners throughout that, um, are just amazing. Um, I also have to have a shout-out for, so there's one daughter, Shiv Roy, um, but her fiancé in it, or kind of her boyfriend, is played (laughs) by Matthew McFadden who is Darcy in the Keira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice. So it's really hard for me to think outside of, you know, oh, like proper British kind of guy. He (laughs) is a beast in this. He's really nasty Um, to kind of this cousin that sort of steps in trying to, he's down on his luck and so he's trying to get in with the family and he's just like really mean to Greg. Um, anyway, it's great. I love it. Um, I believe Adam McKay directs at least the first one. And so if you're a fan of the big short and vice and that kind of, um, humor, I guess a lot of it's very funny, but that kind of tone, definitely check it out. Nice.
0: All right, sweet. Andrew, what have you got?
2: Uh, so I'm talking about Bodyguard, which, um... I guess I should admit I haven't seen. Um, <laughs> There's too
0: much TV. Is it's the just story of this yeah, episode? <laughs> seriously. And me yeah. and, and Andrew tend to gravitate more toward comedies than dramas, so uh, yeah, sorry about
2: that. <laughs> yeah. So Richard Madden won uh, lead actor in a drama series last year. He's oh, nominated this year, and he's nominated again this year. Um, right? Well, he he won, or did he win a Golden Globe last year?
1: He won a Golden Globe at the beginning of the year for this same season. That's right. I'm wondering, like, here's my big question about this. How, there's one season of it, Uh six episodes. I got the impression this was not continuing. So why is it a drama? (laughs) I'll look into that while you talk about it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: so, uh, this uh, war veteran, um, David, uh, who's Richard Madden. He works as a police sergeant uh, with London's Metropolitan Police Service in the Royalty and Specialist Protection Branch. Uh, He's assigned to protect the Home Secretary, uh, Julia Montague, uh, who's an MP, a controversial and ambitious politician who's described as the sociopath by one of her aides and who has plans to introduce invasive new surveillance powers for security forces. Uh, So he, he finds himself kind of at odds with what she wants to do with his own personal leanings and stuff, but he's still a bodyguard, um, for her, and, uh, yeah, he's kind of torn between his duty to protect her and also his own personal feelings and stuff like that, so.
1: Nice. <coughs> um, it says on here, too, I'm reading, that the concluding episode of the series is the most watched episode of any drama. Um, mm With 17 million viewers. Like, huge hit in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, There's supposed to be a second season, so I guess that's why it's running in drama. Instead of, like... Limited series. Yes. Like, Big Little Lies did that, too. Where they ended up having a second season, but they ran the first one in a limited series. Because you can win everything that way. Anyway. (laughs) um,
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, So, I'm talking about Better Call Saul. Which, again, admittedly, I have not seen. So Better Call Saul is a spinoff from Breaking Bad. It follows um, Walter White's lawyer, uh, Saul Goodman. Um, but this kind of takes place back before he was kind of this infamous lawyer for hire, like uh, like dirty lawyer kind of guy. Um, and back then he was Jimmy McGill um, and kind of follows him and he's like a bit of an underdog. He's, uh, he's taking on all these low income clients. Um, and he has like really lofty morals, but he's also very ambitious. So he starts working for, um, this guy, Mike Trout. Um, he's a former Philadelphia cop and he's come to New Mexico and he's kind of this like criminal for hire. He's like a fixer. Um, and so he starts representing this guy and, um, I think it's all about kind of, kind of like Breaking Bad was about Walter White's turn from being like this upstanding citizen to being, like, major drug lord and, like, what drives him. I think this is a similar story in which Saul, um, goes from being, like, kind of down on his luck, um, like, good guy lawyer to being, like, kind of a sleazy lawyer. I don't know. Stays a lawyer the whole time, so there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Cool. So that's Better Call Saul. So Shannon, what have you got next? I think we have you doing Killing Eve next. Killing Eve, yay! <laughs> um, yeah, so
1: <laughs> we I've talked about a lot about how much um, we all love Phoebe Waller-Bridge for yes. doing uh, Fleabag. This is her drama, <laughs> and so she's got like two horses in this race, um, and it's fantastic. So this is um, again a British show, um, spy thriller kind of thing. So you've got. Um, Sandra Oh plays Eve Palestri, um, who's an MI5 agent, and she. So she's following Jodie Comer, who plays Villanelle, um, who she's this Russian. I'm trying to figure out how to put it. She's kind of a like assassin for hire, kind of. But she also you could call her a serial killer because. So this nomination is for the second season, but in the first season you. Kind of realize they they have her going out killing people, but she likes it. And like she's not just doing it for the money. She kind of revels in like I don't making people suffer. It's really terrible. Uh, Jodie Comer just plays such a good role in it. Um, she's a total psychopath <laughs> and just how she can kind of flip on a dime from I don't know being as, like sort of nice and then just really cutthroat and evil um anyway so the whole thing is kind of this cat and mouse thing between Sandro trying to catch Villanelle and there's more to it than that <laughs> but um that's kind of the uh to sum it up um yeah nice. trying to think of what else last season um there was kind of some criticism for it not getting the drama series nomination, so it's really awesome that season two, they got that in there. Um, and I believe Jodie Comer was not na- nominated last season, and now she is. And even though Sandro is also really brilliant in it, the show does not work without Jodie Comer being as evil as she is. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really awesome. Nice.
0: Yep. All right, Andrew.
2: Um, so I'm going to talk about Game of Thrones, which I have seen, so <laughs> I can actually talk about this. Um, most people have seen Game of Thrones, I guess. (laughs) Um, anyway, it's, uh, the overall kind of series is, um, the politics and, uh, kind of all the, all the stuff that happens trying to become leader of Westeros. There's a battle between prominent families and houses, uh, and there's all kinds of, uh assassinations or or, you know political intrigue all this kind of stuff that happens on the continent of westeros trying to gain control of the iron throne uh which is the the king of the of the continent um this is the final season of game of thrones that just aired um you probably heard about it uh i don't know if you know but it, it was the final season um,
1: I haven't seen a single episode yet I know what happens yes. <laughs> in this
2: so season. yeah um, in this season it's kind of it's been leading up to this the, the whole six seasons before this six or seven was this the eighth season? I don't remember I, remember I, the don't last remember. One. I think it's the eighth season yeah. um, the seven seasons before this have been leading up to um, this fight between or within the, the country of um, Westeros, of Westeros, but with, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, played by Amelia Clarke, who's leading <coughs> kind of one side, and then Cersei Lannister, who's currently on, uh, as far as when the season started, who's currently on the Iron Throne, uh, and her forces, but also, uh, there's also an army of the dead that's marching towards, uh, King's Landing, which is the capital of Westeros, when um, they want to kill everyone. Yep. Uh, so, season seven, kind of, or season eight, deals with fighting these the the these zombies, and also solving the political crisis in Westeros. So,
1: mm-hmm. to varying
2: um, degrees of success, I, I guess.
1: <laughs> should be noted here that um, Game of Thrones has thirty-two nominations, which is a record. Um, for one program in a single season of uh, mm-hmm. previously was 26 nominations. So
2: Also held by Game of Thrones, right? Huh? Was that also held by Game of Thrones? No,
1: M.I.P.D. Blue. Oh, right. Although maybe Game of Thrones beat that record and then beat it again. <laughs> 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 Who's to say? <laughs> um, and overall... Um, Game of Thrones for the eight seasons had 161 nominations. Mm-hmm. Wow! So yeah, it's impressive. Kind of crazy. Yeah, it
2: always it always got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Peter Dinklage has always been nominated. Won multiple times. I think too. he's won two times. I think something like that. Something like that. So
0: um, yeah, I am interested to see what the fan reaction would be if Game of Thrones actually wins this.
2: So we were kind of discussing. I don't want to derail the talking about the nominees too much, but. Go ahead. <laughs> Shannon, you had kind of mentioned that you think, like, and we'll get to Veep in a little bit, but kind of these shows with last seasons are kind of going to win a whole bunch of, of the awards. Um, I think that might be true of Veep, but I don't think it's going to be true of Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, people were so unhappy with that last season.
2: The The biggest thing is, I look at what they're nominated for, it might win Drama Series. Maybe. I... Almost... Probably, <laughs> to be honest. Like... What what else is the, I know we've been talking about them but like yeah so it's, what's the what's the full list of all the nominees
1: yeah so looking at Gold Derby right now which they have you know like prognosticators and other Hollywood experts that kind of predict who's gonna win different award shows um, Game of Thrones is the lead with four on one odds. Um, second is Killing Eve. Okay. Um, then Ozark, which I feel like that's one show that I'm aware of its existence, but does anyone watch that show? See, that's... Like, yeah, To be and honest, I feel like I, no one's ever talking about it.
2: <laughs> there, that's another thing. I remember when season one came out, and it was, it got middling reviews, but it must have gotten better to get, like, Emmy nominations and stuff yeah. like that. That's kind of...
1: Maybe I'm just in the wrong circle. Well, no, but
2: that's kind of the buzz I hear, but you, again, you're right. Nobody, nobody talks about it. It's... Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: I don't think there's anything that can really fight it and the Emmy's loves of victory love <laughs> like Mad Men's last season, oh, yeah. Breaking Bad's last season like and to be fair those have very good last seasons mm-hmm. um, and but it's not the fans voting on the Unis, so sure. i don't know that the fan <laughs> reaction really matters
2: but but that's the thing is it was so universally disliked that i don't think it's just fans i do think it will also be yeah even I from mean, a
0: critical perspective it like i mean the, the biggest that past seasons have
2: the biggest thing that season 8 had to say about itself was it had the largest the longest battle scene ever filmed period like yeah. The Battle of Winterfell, which is the third season, is the longest... The
0: third episode.
2: Or the third episode, yeah. It uh, was the longest battle ever recorded, including, like, Game of Thrones... Or Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Although, to on, be
0: fair, some of it isn't really battle. You can't... It's hiding in the library. Well, it's still, it's still <coughs> tense. That's actually
2: the best part of those episodes, because you couldn't see the rest of it. Um, but, like, this... There were still achievements mm-hmm. that it had... Um, big casts, big CGI, all that kind of stuff. Aaron Rodgers got burnt to a crisp in one <laughs> of the episodes. Yes, he did. Um, so, like, the, like it's, still, it's still kind of a monument in, in television and all that kind of stuff, and sure. it was an event. Like you said, I don't know the fan, but, like, it was so universally disliked that I can't imagine that the majority of the Emmy voters would have just loved it, whereas everybody else hated it so much.
1: I so, still put my money there because it's the last season. And, and it's like, here's an award. Like mm-hmm. when Lord of the Rings won yeah, and record I, Oscars. You know, it's like, yeah. here, let's look at the achievement of this whole series. Yeah. I do
2: think that it's going to win drama series. But when it comes to the acting no- nominations, sure. Kit Harington's not going to win Best Actor. He didn't do anything Sorry, in that season. Kit. Um, Daenerys, or uh, Emilia Clarke, is not going to win she did a good job yeah um so she could but i don't know that she will and then the supporting actor are filled up with mostly game of thrones actors <laughs> so like the supporting actor in a drama series i think um peter dinklage is nominated nikolai koster-waldau is nominated um uh who else is the, there's yeah, also how
1: many
2: um peter dinklage P- again yeah peter dinklage nikolai koster-waldau um Gwendolyn
1: Christie, yeah, mm-hmm. she's
2: actress, and uh, oh, uh, Sophie Turner, and I think Maisie and Williams,
0: Williams.
2: And Lena Headey, and Lena Headey. So there's like Lena four...
0: Headey also didn't do
1: anything. In well, she didn't series.
2: have anything to do. Yeah. People
1: had been campaigning for her to win though for because she hasn't. Seasons. She hasn't won, right? I don't think so I think Peter Dinklage is the only one who has won see huh. the thing is she should have they haven't been good at winning acting awards so I agree with you that I think they'll get drama but not necessarily the acting
2: I didn't know that Lena Headey had won because she s- certainly well, probably check. should have won <laughs> in season 5 is that when she was that when she was at the Sept of Baylor she had, Baylor. Of she had the of shame because that was incredible uh,
0: yeah that was good I think that was season five, but I'm not
2: sure. So she probably should have won. So it could be a makeup one. I I don't think... I I don't know that she'll necessarily beat... I don't know. She's
1: received five Emmy Award nominations and has not won. So So if anyone's going to win it, I feel like she's probably the best bet.
2: Probably. And the other thing is there's so many other Game of Thrones actors that are nominated for stuff I think they'll wind up kind of splitting the vote a little bit. Except for maybe Dinklage. But even then, just there's There were so many problems with that last season, not just from a fan react 'cause like Courtney and I have talked about this Courtney didn't mind the last season yeah, I didn't mind the la- I didn't mind the last season,
0: but comparing it to other Game of Thrones seasons, it was not the strongest season
2: so like is there different. is there is such a thing as a victory lap, but I also think they have to nail that last season or at least not screw it up in order yeah. to take that victory lap so it'll be really interesting to see how Game of Thrones does this year when Kind of, it was always like drama. Well, of course, it's going to be, you know, Game of Thrones and all this kind of stuff. So,
1: this is where the NES is frustrating, though, because you have past seasons that build goodwill. Mm -hmm. And so people will vote for something not based on the season itself, but like, oh, I've loved Game of Thrones. That's great. Let's just vote for it. You know, they're just checking a box rather than actually watching the episodes that were put forth for nominations. The
2: other thing, the other thing that Game of Thrones has going against it, I think, is. So, I don't know if you guys remember that weekend that Avengers Endgame came out (laughs) was also the same weekend that the Battle of Winterfell episode was released on Game of Thrones, and there was this expectation of it to be a bloodbath of our favorite fictional characters, like... That whole weekend. That whole weekend was going to be, oh my gosh, there's going to be so many Avengers (laughs) who die, there's going to be so many people in Game of Thrones who die, and then... Avengers Endgame actually had the most impactful death of any of, of which is, both of them.
0: Which is not what we were expecting. Which
2: is not what we were expecting, and it was a Stark who died, and not like any of the Starks in <laughs> Winterfell. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> so uh, I didn't think about that. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, there was a very important Stark death, but it wasn't any of the ones that we actually thought was going to happen. So, like, I think there's a little bit of... If they had killed some more important characters in the Battle of Winterfell, I think it may have felt a little bit more like, oh, they are still Game of Thrones. But they killed people that we all kind of thought were like, oh yeah, Jorah's definitely dying in this yeah. battle. And, Melisandre. You know, Melisandre's definitely dying in this battle and all this kind of stuff. And then we were like, but then you and I were convinced that Pod was going to die. You and I were convinced that Brienne was going to die. Mm-hmm. And then none of them did. And it was like... Oh, okay. I mean, that's cool. I'm glad that they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean...
1: We thought Grey War was going to die, too. We
2: thought Grey War was going to die. Like, we all kind of thought that all this stuff was going to happen. And then it didn't. And it was like, oh, oh, all right. Okay, then. I, I guess. Like, I'm happy that they're not dead. But it did kind of... It lost the bite of previous Game of Thrones seasons where anybody could die at any given moment. And it would shock people. And I think they tried to do the reverse, like, you think everyone's going to die, but then they don't, and that's shocking, and it didn't work. Yeah. So... Anyway, we're going to move on now. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, so I'm talking about Pose. So Pose is set in the 1980s in New York, um, and basically it is a story of... um, It's kind of showing a a juxtaposition of different societal um, classes in 1980s New York, so you have, like the downtown literary scene and like the, uh, you know, like the the rise of the Trump era of uh, like social class. Um, But most particularly it follows um, African American and Latino LGBTQ um, like members of that community. Um, And in particular, the um, ballroom dance scene, like kind of this underground ballroom dance scene. So um, it's all about like Basically, people form houses that are kind of like adopted families, so they're, um, they're people who are like drag queens and gay and lesbian and um, people who are like non-conforming to uh, like the binary gender... I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. I think you're doing great. <laughs> right, <yeah>. um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, it kind of follows like the ballroom dancing where they all kind of compete against each other. Um, season two, which I believe is what's nominated, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but season two focuses more on, um, it's now like the early 1990s, and um, a lot, like the HIV AIDS epidemic is really hitting this community very hard. Um, so it's kind of characters attending funerals of people that they know and love, ballroom dance is getting to be more mainstream, um, and it's kind of all about how these things are impacting their culture. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, <clears throat> right now Billy Porter's Bob's on favorite to win drama actor. Nice. I lied. It changed in the time that we've been sitting here. Wait, First who is it? First it was Bob Odenkirk and now it's Billy
0: Porter. Um, wow. Yeah. Must have been
2: putting a lot of action down on Bob Odenkirk's <laughs> end.
0: Based on <laughs> we're not streaming live, so it's not based on us. Nope. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah.
1: And that um is <clears throat> done by Ryan Murphy too of mm. Glee and American yep. horror story fame. So yep. Not a surprise that it's in there. He's no words of favor.
0: Yep. Cool. My so talk about this is us, please. Tell
1: Yay! Us this is us. Um, <laughs> should be noted that of the three awards we're talking about, this is the only broadcast show that is nominated out of Comedy Series, Drama Series, but, and Limited Series. was a Good yeah, Place nominated? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. I lied. NBC has two, but those are the only two. <laughs>
2: hey, NBC, going from like laughing stock, what was that, like six years ago to now being the only one that's still in the Emmy <sighs> game?
1: I, every year there's like one. It's just with all the premium like, cable things and all the streaming mm-hmm whatever <laughs> there's there's nothing left for broadcast um yeah so this is us um it follows the pearson family so i mean spoilers i guess if you haven't seen any of the show at all but um it kind of jumps timelines so you have um rebecca and jack pearson played by mandy moore and Milo Ventimiglia who, um, they have triplets, and so it goes between, like, them as a young couple, like, raising their kids, to these kids now grown up with their own families. You have Kate, um, Randall, and Kevin. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, the big... I'm just gonna spoil the whole thing so um be prepared for that but you learn pretty early on in the show that um jack has died um in the like future time or like present day timeline that we're looking at um so a lot of it is the kids kind of grappling with that and you kind of figuring out how jack died um we figured that out in season two so this nominee nomination is for season three so now we've uncovered that mystery of what happened to Jack and instead this season focuses a lot on um, Jack's time in Vietnam. Um, so he was a soldier in Vietnam and kind of impacted him a lot. So Kevin, who is now an actor, um, kind of goes to Vietnam um, with his girlfriend making a documentary and figuring out um, what happened to his dad there, trying to learn more about him. Um, trying to think of what happens to other kids, there's some drama between randall and his wife beth um who randall is my favorite (laughs) jack and randall but um randall is um played by sterling k brown and um just really intelligent he was the triplet that so jack and rebecca had triplets but one of them um died when during childbirth and randall so their black son they adopted and they kind of discovered him at the hospital um while they were there delivering the other children and so um he's kind of um i don't know the outlier a little bit so a lot of shows him grappling with that um and yes (laughs) i think that's probably yeah the sum of it but kind of covers oh and Kate has a baby so Kate's that triplet storyline is usually so she's quite a bit overweight and so a lot of it is her and her husband um kind of working to lose weight and kind of her dealing with um like feeling positive about her body in that and they end up even though it's difficult for them end up having a child through in vitro and the baby lives, and they name him Jack, and I cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there you go. There's some of that season a little bit. But, oh, yeah, nice. really, like, a very sentimental, melodramatic show, but I eat that kind
0: of stuff up, <laughs> so it's very good. <laughs> nice. All right, Andrew, tell us about Ozark. Uh,
2: okay. So the basic premise, again, this is one I haven't watched. Um, but The basic premise is that... Uh, Jason Bateman, I guess it's not... It, I don't know what his actual name is. Mar- Marty, which I can't help but say in the Rick and Morty voice. don't. <laughs> which I won't. But uh, he's an economic advisor, and he suddenly moves from Chicago to uh, Missouri um, in the Ozarks um, because he needs to launder money. Um, he's in a, He's in deep with a Mexican drug cartel um, and so in order to kind of pay them back, he goes to the Ozarks because he saw, he saw a claim that the Ozarks would be a good place to launder money. So he goes out to Missouri to uh, get into a money laundering scheme and uh, kind of get this Mexican drug cartel off his back. Uh, and reading some of the reviews of it, um, the first season, which it's not nominated for, that was last year, this year, season two... Um, but it's kind of talking about how it doesn't quite reach the heights of other crime dramas, but the performances, are, especially my Jason Bateman's, are very gripping. Uh, he is nominated for um, actor um, in a drama series. He's always great, though. Jason yeah. Bateman always does really well in everything yeah. he does. Um, <laughs> so, and uh, so season two apparently also, um, uh, it was noted unmashable uh, mashable that uh, the, mm-hmm. the female uh, plot, like the... The women in the show aren't just there for like emotional fodder for the men. There's a lot of very nuanced and engaging plot lines revolving, uh, revolving around women similar to that of The Sopranos. Yes. Um, how it was much more um, kind of not just like two-dimensional women, female characters. They have their own kind of uh, good characterizations and stuff like that. Um,
1: Julia Gardner's Vod's on favorite for supporting actress. we were talking about whether someone from Game of Thrones would get in there but currently she's the favorite
2: okay cool so yeah I always like Jason Bateman Um, I always like watching Jason Bateman do serious things because I just love I loved him in Arrested Development and I Mm love his kind of straight man thing that happens so I like watching him in dramatic things where he gets to be gravelly and stuff like that so I haven't watched this yet but maybe I will
0: yeah nice that's all the nominees for drama. So let's move on to comedy. Um, I'm gonna talk about the Good Place. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, you so, set this
2: up. This feels like you set this up. So I know
0: she got all of her favorites plays. on this one. I'm okay, <laughs> it worked out that <laughs> way. I'm just kidding. Anyway. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so the Good Place. So the Good Place is. Um, it stars. Oh golly, uh, Kristen Bell um, and Ted Danson. Ted Danson. And, uh, yeah, so Kristen Bell... Little
2: Ted Danson coming (laughs) back, man.
0: So this show is really interesting because every season is kind of a new premise. Um, it's always the same characters, it follows, like, a through line and everything, but it's really hard to say, like, this is the premise of the show and every season basically follows Mm -hmm. this premise because they don't. Um, it starts out with, uh, so Kristen spoilers Bell plays. Spoilers, if you have not
1: watched yes. The Good Place yes. and want
0: to, you, you should watch it with no context. Yeah, if you just have not seen it, it, go watch <laughs> it, and we then should, come back and finish this episode. We should
2: probably just re-record a spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode, to be honest. Yeah,
1: probably. probably we've spoiled a lot of things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's um, how it usually goes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the premise of this podcast as well, is that we're yes. to spoilers. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. that's true. Um, but The Good Place, uh, Eleanor Shellstrop, Kristen Bell has died and she goes to the good place and they tell her everybody here gets a soulmate and they pair her up with her um, soulmate Chidi and um, the more they get to know each other the more they realize Chidi is like an anxious mess and can't make any decisions but he's an ethics professor so and she she tells her him like right off the bat like um, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not a good person. This person that they think I am, I'm not her. The
2: perfect house that was like designed for her is designed not for her. For, is not her favorite. Like, <laughs> Has she like doesn't clowns like it at and
0: all. she hates clowns. As clowns, it's designed
2: really strangely <laughs> yeah, and all this kind of it's stuff. Like, Swedish so.
0: design or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's like, I'm not this person. There's been a mix up, but she wants to stay in the good place. So Chidi starts teaching her ethics, and she starts learning, and like making trying to make better decisions, and it kind of works and that becomes a problem because it turns out this is not the good place this is the bad place and this whole bum, thing bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this whole thing has been designed as an elaborate like form of hell and punishment for these four people there's eleanor hell is truly other people <laughs> in this case <laughs> yes there's eleanor cheaty um, oh god jason tahani. and tahani and um, yeah camilla
2: yeah. camilla's sister
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so <Yeah>. rude. <laughs> so Tahani's whole thing is she has an older sister named uh, Camilla, Camilla. No, what is, Camilla. It was... Camilla. Camilla. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's constantly trying to live up to her, and she can't. <laughs> so that was, that was below the belt. <laughs> so anyway, so the second season, then they they keep uh, resetting the the quote unquote yeah. good place. Yeah. Um, and um, every time Eleanor figures it out that it's actually the bad place. Um, And so she's driving Ted Danson, who is, like, he's Michael, so he's the architect of the neighborhood. He's kind of the one in charge. Driving him crazy. All the other demons who are kind of inhabiting this place start fighting back and rebelling against him. Anyway, long story short, they end up breaking out of the bad place. They end up convincing, like, this um, all-powerful judge of the universe to send the four of them back to Earth to prove that they can now make better choices and learn to be better people. Um, but the condition with that is is that there can be no outside interference from Michael, um, because otherwise like, they're not really doing good for the sake of doing good. Um, unfortunately, Michael sees that there are some things that are going wrong in each of their lives and wants to intervene, so he keeps uh, taking steps to intervene and eventually kind of blows his cover. They figure it all out and they realize, no matter what we do, we can't save ourselves, so we're going to try to save our friends. So they try to save their friends. Um, it, with mixed results. Um, <laughs> they
2: try to save Donkey Doug.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Donkey <laughs> Doug, aka Jason's dad. Jason's,
2: I talk about Donkey Doug all the time.
0: <laughs> Donkey Doug is your dad? <laughs> um, yeah, so they're kind of learning about the universe. They end up figuring out that the Bad Place has, and has like, stacked the point system that everybody has to determine whether they go, they go to the good place or the bad place, and nobody's made into the good place in 500 years, including the guy who, when he was high, figured out the whole system.
2: Yeah, and so. <laughs> a great, great cameo from Stephen Merchant uh, mm-hmm. in those episodes. He's <laughs> he's so good at that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's the Good Place. Um it's it's honestly so good like i said it's like reinvented its premise every single season it has honestly like there there are those shows especially on network tv where like they're really funny but the jokes are really spread out and like you kind of have to go like an episode an episode and a half before you get like a really like that was legitimately funny i'm out loud laughing kind of moment i feel like i have at least one of those every single episode if not more um it's just genuinely funny and very clever.
2: Depend- so. Depending on how this last season goes, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those shows that just every season was uh, was incredible. It's going to be one of those shows that just never had a downtime. It was just like always great material mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Because, um, I mean, like, even like amazing shows are like, oh, yeah, but they had that one season that wasn't very good. Like, I, I rave about Community all the time. I love Community. But they had some down seasons. But this is going to be one of those ones because they they are ending it in season four, yeah. Um, so this is nominated so, for
0: season three. Right. Season four will come out this fall,
2: and it will likely also so. be nominated for quite a few Emmys, yeah. if, if it see. if it goes well. Last well, it year it didn't
0: well. get nominated at all. Yeah, but that was a for, huge except but, for Ted Danson. But everybody yeah, freaked so.
2: out about it. That's why it's nominated this year. Yeah. So with V close. Um, to although Barry's really strong he keeps yeah yeah so we'll talk about
0: that. it let's yes. let's not talk about like our favorites or the odds or anything until the end here but, but that so would be... tell us about Barry Shannon sorry yeah
1: it, well I was just gonna say it, Michael sure did uh, Parks and Rec too and that yeah. was another one that personally I think that that was good. I mean, it was a little rough in the beginning, but oh, yeah. after mm-hmm. like season three is perfect for the mm-hmm. rest of it. So he's got a really good track record, and it's so is, smart. Is that he also show.
2: doing Brooklyn Nine Nine, or is that
1: I no? That's not him. I
0: don't think I... that's him.
1: But he's ugh, just so smart. Yep. Um. Yes. Yeah, so Barry. Um. <laughs> it. So this is a show created by Alec Berg and Bill Hader. Um. Of SNL fame. I love. Bill Hader and he's so good in this role. Um, it's really kind of a change in direction for him, I think, um, after what he's done in the past. But so this is a comedy, but it's super dark. Um, I kind of think of it as being like if Breaking Bad had comedic elements in it, I feel like this would be Breaking Bad. Um, or it would end up being Barry. Um, I talked about this because it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys last time. Um, but to kind of explain again so barry's a hitman that um decides so his target in the first couple of episodes of season one is this actor and so in tracking this guy he ends up like running into um or seeing this acting class that's led by henry winkler who plays um let me get his name right uh gene I can't pronounce his last name, so we're gonna (laughs) ignore that part of it. Um, But Henry Winkler's leading this acting class, and Barry kind of decides he wants to be an actor and join the class. Um, But it's him like trying to be an actor, but also being caught with, he's already deep in this world, and um, so him like trying to get out a little bit. Um, Yes, I'm trying to think the previous season, he (laughs) kind of where it ended up is that you had one cop that was tracking the death of this actor um, and then ends up figuring out it's barry um so barry even though he has sworn that he will not um that he's done with being a hitman just gonna be an actor he started dating another actor in the class he's like okay he uh killed a bunch of mafia guys and he's like okay i'm done i'm out after this Um, The cop finds out it's him. He realizes he's going to be in jail, and so he shoots the cop, who is dating Jean Henry Winkler. Um, And so that's kind of where you start. You also have... um, Oh, I'm trying to think of the different, like, factions within this. But, um, oh, who are they? The Czechoslovakians, isn't it, that... Um, Barry killed a bunch of them, but Noho Hank, who he's honestly the best guy in all of this, um, ends up befriending the Brazilians, Andrew looks like maybe he knows what I'm talking about, (laughs) so (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to lean on him, but anyway, you have these, like, kind of competing gangs that's going on, and then Barry trying to cover up the fact that he killed this cop, um... But Noho Hank comes back to him and is like, um, you need to help me get out of this because now I'm kind of stuck, like, leading this gang because you killed our other leader, and anyway.
2: Oh, Noho Hank is Chechen. He's not Chechen's like Chechen. I, yes. Mm. Oh, he's, uh, Noho Hank is also <clears throat> going to be in Bill and Ted Face the Music.
1: Oh, he's. Have you seen any of this show, Andrew? Yeah, so we've seen the first.
2: We've seen the first what two episodes? Is that right, Courtney? We watched the first two episodes of Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So he was. Yeah, he's in. it. He's great. He's great.
1: (laughs) He's just. Mm -hmm. I don't know. At the beginning of this, so Cristobal is like the Brazilian that he's befriended, and the whole first season, they're like trying to kill them off so they don't have to compete with him and decide instead to be friends with them and the whole first part he's like playing volleyball with Cristobal and has pictures (laughs) with them and he's like we've become friends and it's just great anyway he's just like a little flamboyant or something about him like anyway it's great That was a convoluted explanation. We can move on now. Sorry,
2: I got really into a a Twitter or a a Wikipedia hole because we were talking about Michael Schur. um, Yes. Who co-created The Office and Parks and Rec. He did co-create Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place. Uh, He's Moe's in The Office. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea that was him. He was Moe's. Oh, that's like my favorite thing. Yes. Um, And he's also on Twitter... Under the pen name of Ken Tremendous, he did like a fake sports blog. Oh, I didn't know that was him though. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Ken Tremendous, he's amazing on Twitter. Um, So now that I know that, my life is much more rich and satisfying. Go back
1: now and watch that episode where Dwight is trying to initiate Ryan. Yes. To be a salesperson. And he's like, you will now face my cousin Moe's. And he comes out and he has like fear Fear, written on his sweater. He
2: has to fight fear. It's Moe's. And he's playing like... Bye,
1: Ryan. (laughs) And
2: he's playing some like, some massive opera music. And he's like, could you just get in the coffin, (laughs) Ryan? Oh, yeah. It's great. I... I didn't realize, because I, I saw his picture when I and I was like, he looks like Moe's. And I started looking, I'm like, it he was Moe's. So, so uh, anyhow, back to the Emmys. Yeah, um, yes. So,
0: Andrew, <laughs> tell us about <laughs> Russian doll. Russian doll. Uh, Wait, are you doing Russian doll yep, next?
2: I'm doing Russian doll.
0: I have you doing Veep next.
2: Oh, I'm doing Veep first. Um, <laughs> so, Veep, this is actually one that I've started watching more about halfway through-ish uh, we're on season four the end of season four right now mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of twists and turns i was kind of looking at some of the wikipedia summaries for like future episodes and stuff like that there's some twists and turns but ultimately get uh it started off following the career of uh, v- uh vice president selena meyer played by Julie louise dreyfus and her staff and kind of the challenges and all this kind of stuff of, uh, you know, a political life and everything. I will say, if you go back and watch the first couple seasons of Veep, um, it's very much in the way that politics used to be. I don't want to get political right now, but politics is much different now. Um, Just with the... What actually constitutes a scandal now is very different than what it was back then. As a for instance, one of the things that causes a major scandal in one of the earlier seasons... Is uh, Selena Meyer sings a song that kind of makes fun of Europe uh, as she's about to travel to Europe, but it's like <laughs> a fundraiser dinner where she kind of just like, oh yeah, the French they have baguettes and stuff, and it's all it's very mild, but like causes this major scandal where like the French won't let her into the country and stuff like this. So I remember watching it and kind of going, I wish that's what scandals were like instead of what we have now. But anyway, not to get political. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's a very political show. It's very funny, though. It, uh, the acting is incredible. Um, everybody who's in it is is amazing. Uh, Matt Walsh is in it. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Hale is in it as he's her put-upon assistant. He's he's amazing. Um, uh, yeah, she's So you we were talking about how Amy Poehler never beat Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> um, in years when Parks and Rec was running and Veep was running concurrently. Now, having watched Veep, I 1,000% get it. She is. Yeah. She's phenomenal in that show.
1: I'm just saying.
2: She
0: could have given one year to Amy Poehler. Just one out of, like, six that she's won. Um,
2: uh, okay. But and also,
0: to be fair, it wasn't Julie Lee's.
2: Yeah. She wasn't taking choice. them. She, I, <laughs> yes. She was getting voted. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but like, but she's phenomenal, in it. the whole like, we're right now where uh, Hugh Laurie is a main character. That's where we're watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, What? Oh, it's incredible.
1: I did not know this, and I am a Hugh Laurie stan. Oh, Oh,
2: he's he's great. You should definitely watch it because he's and he's he continues to be a character kind of throughout the show. Oh boy! Um, he shows up again in season seven and everything. (laughs) So, um, it is last season of Veep, but kind of closed. Um. I guess as a major spoiler alert for like the last episode um, she it's Wait, 20 do I
0: want to plug my ears. I think you want
2: to plug my ears. <laughs> it's 24 <laughs> years in the future, she has died, but at the same the same day Tom Hanks dies, so her funeral gets pushed out of the headlines for Tom Hanks' death. Fine, you can unplug your ears now. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> oh it's la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> That's when really I think I'll like, actually go back and
2: watch. Um, no, yeah, v- it's uh, yeah. If you can, if you can watch it, it's really. I, I highly recommend going back and watching it because it's really very good. There's some yeah. great performances in it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very good.
0: Yep. So cool. Yeah. All right, I'm going to talk about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> uh, so this one is an Amazon original. It stars. Um, Oh, gosh dang Rachel Thank you. I cannot remember, <laughs> I cannot remember actor's names today. And
2: she's probably never, she's not going to win either.
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate. Didn't she win last year? Yeah, so yeah.
1: Game of Thrones and Veep both had like off seasons where other things got to come in and win <laughs> for us. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah. So Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is, uh, we kind of talked about it last year, but Marvelous Mrs. Maisel follows, it's set in the 1950s, I believe, 1960s. Um, and it follows Mrs. Maisel, um Gosh dang it. What is her first, Thank you. <laughs> Mitch Maisel. Um, and she is a um, like housewife in New York. Um, her family is very Jewish. They live in the same apartment building as her parents. Very um, wealthy. They're very, like, relatively wealthy, yeah. Um, Upper West Side um, money. And um, her husband ends up, he wants to be a stand-up comic. She's trying to support him in that, but he. she finds out he's like doing other people's bits and not writing his own original stuff. Um, and he winds up getting really frustrated with various things in his life and leaves her. Um, and so it's all kind of about them dealing with their separation. Um, they have two kids together. Uh, she ends up moving in with her family and then she, um, she gets drunk one night and goes to the comedy club and gets up on the stage and starts just talking and she kills it. And so, um, the, uh, the, the woman who runs the club kind of sees her and decides to become her manager. So the whole show is about her and her quest to become a stand-up comic. Um, and season two is really interesting because it goes into a little bit more um, the differences between men and women in the stand-up um, community, I guess. Um, Like, she gets up there and she starts talking about how her friend is having a baby and somebody, like, basically gives her the hook and pulls her off stage and says, you can't talk about that. She goes, why? It's just having a baby. Like, I'm not even using bad words or being crass. It's just talking about having babies. Um, So, yeah. And then in the second season, she ends up, um, her parents are trying to get her to um, marry, or her mom is trying to get her to marry somebody else. She's resistant to that. She ends up meeting Zachary Levi, who is uh, a doctor, mm-hmm. and he's honestly like so great. And they end up and he's so ripped because he was training yeah. for Shazam, and so he yeah. looks really good. But they tried it. Really they they kind
2: of tried to hide it with like the fifties, like super high waisted pants and uh-huh. like like all that kind of. But like, you can tell he's just like yeah. It's I've huge.
0: never really gotten it like a little bit, but now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh boy, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they end up like kind of falling for each other. They're on basically the brink of getting engaged, um, and then she find, she ends up getting an offer to go on tour um, with uh, oh man, who was it? Sky Baldwin. But yeah, he's like a singer, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's a singer, and he's like, yeah, I could I could use uh, like a funny woman like you as, well, as a my effect. opening act. Yeah, in.
1: Isn't this where she ends up on the telethon too?
0: Yeah, she's on the telethon, mm-hmm. so
1: that's why. And she kind of ticked off. Um, oh, what's her name? Jane Lynch. Yes, <laughs> Jane Lynch's character. Yeah. And so she's so- kind of having in for her. Yes. So yeah. So they push her to the end, very end of the telethon, but she ends up like doing amazing anyway. Yeah. It, midnight or whenever it. they run her.
0: Um. And uh, so anyway, she gets an offer to go on tour and she's trying to figure out like what that means for her relationship with Zachary Levi. And then, um, the whole time, like her, her, her ex actually has a much bigger role in the second season. Cause they're showing us like kind of what his life has become. And he clearly misses Midge and wants to get back together, but also he doesn't mm. want to be like the butt of her jokes and her stand up And like, he doesn't mm. think he can handle that, but he still supports her. And he's still like, she's, really funny and she has earned this and she's like the one of the best comics out there and i want to support her in that but i can't be married to her anyway the end of season two is like this huge cliffhanger because they end up like spending the night together and like kiss or i don't know we assume spending the night together yeah Yeah. they kiss and then it's over and so it's just kind of like what does this mean for the
1: future but this also comes after like a super beautiful moment Mm -hmm. where um oh dang what's the other comic's name um Oh, Sophie, no, 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 the, no. the Lenny Bruce, oh, Lenny, Lenny Bruce, Bruce yep. thank you. Um, who? It's based on natural a natural bit where he like goes on a show and he starts singing this thing about how like I'm all alone, and she kind of listens to it and she has this sudden realization all of a sudden that like if I want to be a comic in this time, like I can't be the married wife and do all of this and be a comedian like I have to choose and what I choose is my career which means a lot to me even though this is in the 50s 60s kind of time I'm like oh like I don't know yeah I still live within a culture that kind of sometimes makes you want to choose <laughs> yeah <laughs> or makes you feel like you have to choose and so I don't know yep credit to her
0: yep <laughs> so that's uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel oh so good um, uh, we
2: didn't even talk about Tony Shalhoub, who is one of the oh, best oh, parts. Oh, yeah, I think he wears, a romper. <laughs> he <laughs> he wears the romper. Yes, he wears the romper that season. Um, no, Tony Shalhoub is incredible in this show. He's there's, so good. there's all great performances all around, but his his <laughs> is just. Uh, just next level great mm-hmm. is he nominated for supporting <laughs> he is, actor
1: and he's the favorite to win
2: yeah movies. he should
1: which i don't think he won oh henry winkler last year won and got his yeah. first ever nominate like win first win and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think yeah it was all this goodwill was really behind him to win last year but i think tony shalute is so good he's so good <laughs> he's yes. got to take it
0: yep Alright, so tell us about Schitt's Creek, Shannon.
1: Yes, we don't have our favorites at all. We'll spend all this time talking (laughs) about Maisel. (laughs) I'm gonna rush through. Yeah, so, um, Schitt's Creek is a show created by Eugene Levy and um, his son Daniel Levy, who I think Eugene Levy is another one of those, like, that guy that Mm -hmm. appears in a lot of things. Um, He's got, like, the really thick eyebrows, and if you see him, you've seen him in a bunch of things, I'm sure. Um... But so, this is a Canadian show and it's on, um, oh, what is it called? Pop TV. So, this is like, that must be the best thing that ever happened to that <laughs> channel is now that they're getting some like recognition for um, the show. But so, it's about the Rose family. So, you've got Eugene Levy is the father, Johnny, um, Catherine O'Hara plays the wife, Moira, um, and then their children, uh, David and Alexis. So, they're really wealthy. Um, from... <laughs> now that I'm looking at the synopsis, it's he's a video store magnate, which I did not catch, like, actually watching the show. But and Moira is... Um, used to be a soap opera actress. And so, she's like... Oh, Catherine O'Hara is so funny in this show because she's really over the top. Like, really playing it up. Um, but... So, this family um, loses their fortune... And the only asset they have left is this small town called Shit's Creek, which um, they bought for David as a joke because of the name. Um, and so that's the only thing they have left. And so they're forced to relocate there. And it's this really like podunk little town. It's named after the mayor is Roland Shit and his wife Jocelyn. And so spelled not like sure. the swear, but... S C H I T T, but um anyway, so they relocate there they're living in this really run-down hotel with these like adjacent rooms so the kids are in one room, the parents are in one room. Um they've held on to very few things, but like Moira has all these wigs and so she has like a collection of wigs in the motel and um I don't know, the whole thing is really just them trying to get by and trying to figure out how to get some of their fortune back or how to sell this town so that they can take the money and go back to living their extravagant lifestyle. Um, It's just full of ridiculous jokes. Um, And it's really funny. Like, for example, the welcome sign in the town looks like um, a sex act, (laughs) (laughs) but it's and So they're trying to sell the town, right? So they're trying to like clean this up and they're like, Oh, we need to change this. And they, I guess whatever it is, it's like this woman bending down to get a pill of water or something, and this man directly behind her, so it looks like something bad, but the people in town don't get what's wrong with it, and they're like, well, they wouldn't do anything. That's a brother and sister up there, so they change the sign to say, don't worry, it's his sister, and so it looks even worse. So anyway, you have a whole bunch of, like, hijinks like that. I
2: just looked it up that's hilarious yeah
1: (laughs) so look it up so i don't have to explain it on this (laughs) podcast um but yeah you have a bunch of things like that um that's amazing and it's chris elliott who plays the mayor of the town oh it is i love chris elliott i've loved him in like how i met your mother and you know a bunch of other things he's been in so he was
2: in uh, groundhog day as the cameraman uh (laughs) which i i love that too he's kind
1: of perfect for being this like redneck oh sure. <laughs> so it's um it's nominated for let's see it's fifth season um but it recently landed on netflix all of it so if you want to go back and watch like do so that's mm-hmm. it really became more popular when okay. it went to netflix as do a lot of things so yep
2: all right, so now I'm talking about Russian Now dog. you're
1: talking about yeah. Russian Doll. <laughs> okay,
2: so uh, it's this, uh, it follows this woman named Nadia who's at a uh, birthday party in New York City. Um, and she winds up dead at the end of the night, but she somehow wakes up and finds herself alive that same morning. Um, so she's kind of caught in this loop where she dies at the end of the night and then comes back uh, that morning and she kind of has to figure some stuff out from there. I haven't seen it again, I guess. <laughs> That's going to be the rest of these. So Veep was the extent <laughs> of my knowledge. And the re- the other one that I talk about, I'm not, I'm not. Um, So apparently it's very good. Um, Amy Poehler <laughs> is a uh, creator, uh, creator, writer, and director. Um, and it's on Netflix. Um, so,
1: yeah. And Natasha Leone also creator yes. and the lead actress. She's nominated. Actress, yes. This is one I really should watch because I love a time loop yes Yes. i'm also confused though i guess this is intending on coming back too yes this is the other one like having not watched it i'm like oh really it seemed like a one and done kind of thing just from seeing the trailers and stuff i think
2: there were some cliffhangers because it's like she's trying to figure some stuff out and i think she finds other people who are also caught in similar loops
1: oh interesting and
2: so then they're trying to figure it all out i think Hmm. is how that kind of looking at some of the summaries and stuff like that so
0: of interesting Mm -hmm. cool all right well let's move on i'm going to talk about the last nominee which is fleabag uh <laughs> i feel like we've talked about fleabag a decent amount in the show already because it's so <laughs> because funny. it's so good. <laughs> um but yeah fleabag is um it follows okay so the character actually doesn't have like a name she goes by fleabag i think but i don't also don't remember anybody ever calling her that no but like in the credits, she's but yeah in the credit fleabag. she's fleabag Um, but it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the lead actress. Um, so basically it follows her story. She feels guilt because she inadvertently caused the death of her best friend by sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend, um, which caused her best friend to, um, try to hurt herself and get herself in the hospital so that the boyfriend would come back. Um, but ends up getting killed instead. Um, so she feels guilt about that. The first season is her kind of grappling, and she's also running a, a cafe that's struggling. She's trying to get a, a little, gerbil-themed cafe. A gerbil-themed cafe. <laughs> or, no, guinea pig, guinea sorry. Guinea pig, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, guinea pig-themed cafe. Um, so she made this promise to her best friend that she was, like, not going to let anything happen to the cafe, so she's, like, doing everything she can to make it work, but it's not going very well. Um... She's sleeping with lots of different men who aren't good for her because she, um, I don't know, she's just, uh, that's kind of her coping mechanism. But it's not a very healthy decision. Um, and then she's got, so her sister, her, mo- her mother also passed away. Um, her sister is, I think, older than her. Um, but you, they, you can kind of see that they have like, they care very deeply about each other, but they're not particularly close either it's really a very strange relationship um meanwhile their father has started dating slash living with um their godmother and um (laughs) who is it she just called the godmother (laughs) i I think so but uh yeah so she is played by olivia coleman um and yes and her her so her godmother does not really like her she, the feeling is mutual. She's like, steals this, like, but little she's a new statuette <laughs> that becomes, like, this recurring thing in the show. But she's always,
1: like, the way <laughs> she talks, she tries to seem so nice to yeah. cover the fact that <laughs> she doesn't like her. I don't know. It's so, it's so uh. great,
0: like, all these sneaky little, like, ways yeah. that she's digging it. She's so awful. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the second season, then, Um. so she's kind of, like gotten some help she's turned her life around a bit things are going better her cafe is no longer struggling um she's no longer just like sleeping with any old man because she feels bad about herself like she's really trying to get her life together um and you can see that she's in a much better place but she hasn't spoken with her family in a year um because so in the first season her sister's husband makes a move and like kisses her and then she ends up telling her sister The husband then tells the sister, like, no, she kissed me. It wasn't the other way around. So her sister isn't talking to her. Um, In the second season, we get back together with them, and we find out that the sister has been trying to get pregnant. She has a miscarriage. Um, But she doesn't want to go to the hospital. And so, so Fleabag's trying to get her to go to the hospital. So they go back out to where the rest of the family is, and she goes, I have to go to the hospital. She has to take me. And they're like, why? And she's like, I'm having a miscarriage, and so everybody thinks it's her miscarriage. Um, meanwhile, Andrew Scott plays you get
2: introduced a hot priest. Yeah, hot priest. <laughs> this
0: is what's important. Andrew Scott <laughs> is the priest who's going to marry um, Godmother and her father, and um, he's like a cool priest. And so they kind of bond. Who <laughs> swears and drinks? Swears and, smokes. and drinks. <laughs> smokes I'm not um, like a regular
2: priest. I'm a cool priest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But he is also very Catholic. So anyway, so she kind of is like, she has a thing for him, but also like, he's a priest. So she's kind of hanging around and trying to get to know him better, and they become friends, and that you can tell there's like a growing attraction between them. Um, anyway, so the whole, the whole episode is just about her kind of resolving some relationships in her family, um, and it honestly ends in such a great place. Her father and stepmother get married. Um, And even though, like, we don't like the stepmother, it's clear that, like, her father's very happy. Um, And then her sister ends up leaving her husband... And, um, for, her, for, for the guy's uh, name? Claire, cause her name is Claire and,
2: right for Claire and she,
0: she leaves her husband for a man named Claire. and after <laughs> she gets a terrible haircut Claire <laughs> still likes her. Claire oh. still thinks like, she's beautiful. It's great. Oh. Um, she and the priest end up sleeping together and then he says like, I'm not, I can't give up like God. Priest. <laughs> yeah. So, and she's just like, yeah, I get it, and then, uh... But it is so hot before <laughs> yeah <so laughs> it hot. must be
1: said. Um, so he kind Goodness of walks gracious. off, and then
0: she uh. walks off, and the whole time the camera's following her, and it's like she breaks the fourth wall, and she, like, talks to the camera, and nobody else around her can, like, see or hear that. But Andrew Scott was kind of like she would look toward the camera and say something, and he couldn't hear what she was saying. He'd just be like, where'd you go there? Like, what are you doing? And she was like, what, he can see that? There's this moment he Uh, also
1: (laughs) looks into the camera
0: and says, what is this? And it's
1: startling because you're not expecting (laughs) anyone else to look into the camera. Uh,
0: But uh, yeah, so he ends up like basically saying no, like I love you, but no. And he walks off and then she walks off and the camera goes to follow her and she turns around and shakes her head no and she walks away and that's the end. (gasps) And that's the end of the whole series. And there better, yeah, not be another one because it's such a perfect ending. He's also...
1: Like, the priest keeps talking about seeing foxes, (laughs) and (laughs) he's like, oh, the (laughs) the foxes are always following him, and you're like, maybe this is, um, it's like a metaphor (laughs) for, like, temptation, always kind of following him, but there's... A part it like at the very end, she sees a fox, yeah. That's bag, like and she kind of says, sitting around
0: trying to find him, <laughs> yeah. And she
1: says, Oh, he went that way. And it's like finding that person that sees you, right? Like he mm-hmm. can see what she's doing with the fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. and talking to the camera, and she can see the foxes. And yeah. so, I don't know, it's like heartbreaking, but it's also, I don't know, like the hope of finding that person who understands you, she'll find it again, right? Like, oh, it's really beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yep. So that's Fleabag.
0: All
1: Yeah. Gold Derby. Veep, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Fleabag all have 11 on two odds. Oh. So which do you, I think it's definitely those three. Veep being Hmm. like an argument for the victory lap. It's won a bunch before it's Last season, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel won last year and won just about everything last year, including acting and writing and directing. Um, And then Fleabag, pretty much unanimously, critically acclaimed,
0: and one of the best shows that's come around in a long time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would say, I really hope it's Fleabag. I hope so, too. (laughs) But But I don't think it's going to be. It's probably
2: going to be (laughs) V. Yeah. Um I know. It, I know it's won a couple times and all this kind of stuff, um, but it is one of those, like you said, it's kind of a victory lap type of thing. It is yeah. really good, um, and they really. I haven't. We haven't seen it yet, obviously, but apparently they adapted really well for kind of the post-Trump political humor, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing that has happened. Like it's so. Like I, I was talking about it when I was talking about my. um the recap of the show very much of like a you know it, it premiered in 2012 so it's all very much like kind of politics as they were back then and all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. so it's like well how do you even how do you even make fun of it anymore and yeah. they have all the stuff I've read is like well they found a way to really kind of uh, uh, one up <clears throat> everything that's that's happening so nice. I, if I had to guess I think it's probably going to be Veep. Hmm. yeah I
1: think there too but i really hope yeah. it's fleabag yeah for just because sure. we're not that's final season of fleabag too right we're we're not getting another one of those i yep. think it's not that's
2: quite true. the victory lap because it was only two seasons right I, like but, but i'm just
1: the absolute yeah, it's, perfection it's so <laughs> the six episodes is just wild yeah um do you want to do limited series quickly yeah. let's do
0: a limited series real quickly um so shannon yeah. tell us about chernobyl
1: It's about Chernobyl. (laughs) There you go. Done. I just finished this morning. It's really incredible. Like, amazing. But also, for obvious reasons, like, very difficult to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole point of it, it kind of goes through how the Chernobyl disaster happened. But, like, everything the Soviet Union did wrong And how their lies and their hubris and their need to, like, keep their country looking good is what caused Chernobyl, but then also what, like, prevented them from stopping it as early as they should have, so Mm -hmm. that thousands of people died. But, I mean, you also have... It's Jared Harris plays the main character in it, and, like, I what he sacrificed a lot to make sure millions of people didn't die. And, um, Emily Watson plays a scientist who was based on like a bunch of scientists around this time that, um, kind of goes to the people who, um, like, caused the disaster, were there in the control room when it happened, and is just really committed to finding out the truth, even though you have the KGB kind of watching their every move, and wanting to make sure they don't say anything bad about the Soviet Union, but she kind of pushes Jared Harris to, like, tell the truth (laughs) and that the fact is that like a similar accident kind of happened before in a similar scale soviet union covered it up and so they didn't realize that the reactor could explode and had they just not lied about it, it the damage would have been a lot less than it was um so yeah it's and you know it on one hand it's like wow the soviet union was terrible back then but then Also, like, think of all the things that we're, like, not 100% truthful about in this country and things we're covering up when, if we could tell the truth about it and be honest, like, how much less damage we would be doing to the earth. And, yeah, so really hard watch. Amazing makeup on the people who, I mean, what the nuclear... um, like what that power does to the people their bodies basically disintegrate it's really difficult to look at but like yeah kudos to the people who did the makeup and effects on this show um yeah i just bawled (laughs) for the entire thing basically um but yes nice
0: andrew tell us about when they see us
2: uh so that is a netflix series about the central park five so going from uh, nuclear disasters to racism which is real fun yeah um, but it's All about of these
1: are hard I know. <laughs> hard shit, aren't they? I know.
2: <laughs> so this is uh about the central park five when in, it's a based on a true story in 1989 there was a jogger that was assaulted and raped in central park and the these five uh black kids young young well i think one of them might be hispanic i can't remember Or some of them are hispanic anyway uh minor these five minorities who came to be labeled the central park five charged and convicted in nineteen eighty nine, but then DNA evidence exonerated them in two thousand two. Um and then they very recently in twenty fourteen there was a settlement reached. And so this series spans that whole uh, amount of time from nineteen eighty nine to twenty fourteen. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so it kinda of, yes. Uh, very yes. for um with a lot of uh, really great uh with a really great cast, um The young cast is very good, but also Felicity Huffman, Michael K. Williams, John leguizamo and Blair Underwood are in it as well. So Mm -hmm. very, very star or very talented cast.
0: Nice. Um, so I'm talking about Fossey slash Verdon. Um so this is telling the story of Bob Fossey and Gwen Verdon. So Bob Fossey, this is a true story. Bob Fossey was um just like a groundbreaking choreographer, especially in the Broadway scene. Gwen Verdon Mm -hmm. was a dancer, um, in pretty much all of his productions. Um, but basically, kind of, they were also, um, like, in a relationship. So, it tells the story about their creative and romantic partnership and, like, their contributions to um, to American culture, especially Broadway culture. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like, as you would imagine, there are lots of ups and downs. Um Kelly Barrett plays Liza Minnelli in this. Uh, the, the cast is actually really good. So Lin-Manuel Sam,
1: Miranda is in it. Sam it Lin-Manuel in Miranda is in it. it. Uh,
0: Sam um, Sam Rockwell is also... So he plays Bob Fosse. Michelle Williams plays Gwen Verdon. Uh, Norbert Leo Butts... Uh, he is... Uh, he's in one of the episodes, at least one of the episodes, um, as Patty Chayefsky. He was a playwright. Um, he's Bob Fosse's friend. Norbert Leo uh, Buttes, butts, butts. I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, but he played. He was the original Fierro in Wicked. So oh, that's how I know him. Um, Margaret Qualley is Anne Ranking, so she's an actress slash dancer. Um, I believe so they're Katie both. Pass here, yeah, <laughs> I know that she at least is nominated. Oh. I don't know if Norbert is, but um, also some other notable things we talked about: Lin Manuel Miranda, who's in it. Um, Paul Reiser is in it uh santino Fontana's actually in it, <laughs> it. <laughs> and with
1: all those things and then you have michelle williams singing chicago like mm-hmm. one of my favorite musicals the fact i haven't watched this shit is kind of bizarre
0: yeah <sighs> yeah uh so yeah it just kind of tells the story of uh of them as a couple and the ups and downs in their relationship and in their careers and uh their contributions which were numerous so yeah yay.
1: Um, I've got Sharp Objects, um, which is based on the novel from Gillian Flynn, um, who wrote Gone Girl. If you liked that, or if you liked um, Big Little Lies, which was directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, who also directed this one, kind of, again, like a combination of all these different things I love. But this story, it's super dark. It's about um, Camille Preaker, who's played by Amy Adams, who is a reporter, um, who's usually drinking, um, quite the alcoholic, um, who goes back to her hometown when two young girls are murdered. Um, The whole thing is kind of a triple header, because you've got Amy Adams, and then Patricia Clarkson plays her mother, um, who was pretty abusive, and who's terrible, and then Eliza Scanlon, who's going to be in Little Women, too, um, plays the younger daughter, uh, Emma. And I i don't know if I can say much more <laughs> than that without it. It's very troubling. So, I mean, and trigger warning, I guess, for self-harm too, because Camille, um, I mean, where Sharp Objects comes from is she has cut herself, like, all over her body, carves these <coughs> words into her arm. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, I... I won't say any more than that nice. other than it being kind of a mystery to figure out who murdered these girls. It's very dark if you're not into that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Cool. Andrew, take us home.
2: Oh, my last one? Yep. Escape at Dannemora which is based on the 2015 Clinton Correctional Facility Escape. So it's based on a true story. Uh, it stars Benicio Del Toro, Patricia Arquette, Paul Dano, Bonnie Hunt, um, and Eric Lang, Lang? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, directed by Ben Stiller. But it is about um, uh, a prison escape. Um, It prompted a massive manhunt for the two convicted murderers, who were aided in their escape by a married female prison employee, with whom uh, both became sexually entangled. Both of the prisoners who escaped. So, um,
1: I've heard Patricia Arquette. She's she's one
2: everything she's been yeah. nominated for basically which is kind
1: of a bummer because amy adams is this might be her best role in sharp objects she is so good but mm-hmm. i can't argue with patty arquette either she's really <laughs> uh, nice yes
2: um so oh. sorry benicia del toro and paul Dano play the two escape uh, convicts so
0: cool chernobyl should win done there we go. <laughs> all right sweet Having not seen any, any of it, yet. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm gonna go with your recommendation. <laughs> I
1: given what like a cultural phenomenon that was. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people were watching it, even though that's super heavy material. Yeah. Oh, When They See Us is the favorite right now. Yeah. I would say yeah. It's gotta be between those two, both dealing with like really heavy moments in history. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I. I. I uh, on Twitter a lot of people were talking about Chernobyl but there were a lot of people talking about when they see us when it came out but I think that one was kind of a an, a really early release I think it came out in May of last year so the the hype has kind of died out a little bit because I really
1: it. really happy for Ava DuVernay though because we were, yeah you were
2: saying how it's like it can come out in May but if the majority of the episodes are in June I think that's what happened with this so yeah
1: yeah
0: Lost thoughts around Mm -hmm. cool woo nice so many things so many things thanks for sticking with us Um, so yeah that's gonna be it for us this episode Um, as always follow us on twitter at pc footnotes or on facebook at pop culture footnotes and uh, we'll see you next time bye bye